The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Now you may have been watching the Sean Quinn documentary series that has aired on RT1 over the last three nights and one of the most important contributors to it was the former chairman of the IBRC, the Irish Bank Resolution Corporation which was put in place to deal with the mess of Anglo-Irish Bank. That chairman of course was Alan Jukes, the former leader of Fine Gael and former Minister for Finance and he joins us now. Alan, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Before we talk, I do want to play you a little bit of the audio from last night's programme because you said something in it which has caused something of a storm. And for people who are not familiar with what you said, let's have a listen to it. Border people have it in their blood. They are living in in communities that have, you know, a long history of violence of different kinds and they more easily turn to it than anybody else will. You know. I, I, and I'm not saying they're, they're, they're different animals from the rest of us, but, you know, whether they're, they have Provo links or V-special links or whatever, you know, it's something that's nearer to the way they think than it would be to somebody in South Tipperary or anywhere like that, you know. Alan, would you care to explain or elaborate upon that statement, please? Uh, no, those remarks were entirely unjustified. They have offended a great many people, and I apologise unreservedly. That's fair enough, because I know the Deputy Leader of Fine Gael, Heather Humphreys, has in the last few hours asked you to do so. Can I ask, though, what you were thinking when you said that? Well, I was thinking, really, of the, the, the wave of uh, violence and intimidation that, that followed the action that we took to to rescue what could be rescued from the Queen Group, uh, Devac. Um, there was, as you know, uh, very, very strong personal violence there. Kevin Lunny attack was outrageous. There were other attacks. Uh, there was sabotage of material and equipment and intimidation. I mean, all of that was, it was dreadful, but it didn't in any sense justify the remarks that I made, which, as I say, I apologise for without any qualification. Fair enough. What did you make of the programme? I thought the programme covered the, the, the whole process very well. Um, it was an amazingly complex business. Uh, one of the really significant aspect of it, I thought, was that Sean Quinn himself recognised at various points during the programme that actions that he had taken were wrong uh, and shouldn't have been taken. Um, Possibly late now. As I said, I think he will go down in history as somebody who did an amazing uh, job for the area he lived in. It, It was a huge economic boost for the area uh, that he developed such a successful group of industries. The tragedy is that he, he just gambled it away in, 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 in his efforts to gain a large stake in Anglo-Irish Bank. I mean, and the story has so many ramifications. Um, what, what was particularly in our minds in the bank at the time, and it was one of our main concerns, uh, was to do what we could to preserve employment and the economic fabric of the area. It wasn't, of course, our only concern, but part of our concern was to, 
to, to make sure that if it could be done, uh, the 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 businesses that were there could continue. We succeeded in finding a home, if you like, for the Quinn Insurance operation, although that has involved a levy on insurance that will go on for quite some time. We put a group of people on the board into the remainder of the Quinn group of companies uh, who managed it successfully um, and kept it going up to the point where uh, other groups of people came in and there's now a different group there now, but they're trading successfully. And I'm glad we managed to do that because the alternative would have been a kind of a fire sale of all the assets, which would have produced far less benefit for, for the area. Um, the The problem was that there was a great deal, obviously, of personal loyalty uh, to Sean Quinn in the area, and that led to what I regarded as a very misdirected campaign um, to to try to put him back in control. When he was sometime later brought back in by people who had taken over the running of the companies, uh, he proved to be impossible to deal with, as was illustrated in, in the programme. And that certainly made, again, the point that he was no longer the person who could guide that group of companies because of what he had done before. Did you ever feel personally under threat? No. I never received any threats from that. The programme also, I suppose, was most notable for the interviews that Sean Quinn gave over a period of time. And in particularly the way that he spoke about himself in the third person all the time. What did you make of that? Because I think you did make some sort of comment in the documentary about that as well. Well, he, he, he was obviously a man with a mission. Um, he, he was extremely capable in a business sense, and I would make absolutely no criticism of, of him from that point of view. Uh, but the, the the course that he embarked on in, in trying to take take a big share in, in Anglo-Irish Bank was utterly ill-advised. Um, the route he took using contracts for difference turned out to be a major drain on any assets to which he had access. Um, it ruined the, the, the asset base and the prudential base of the insurance company, um, which was a major problem at the time. But as I say, find somebody to take over that operation so that people who were insured weren't left uh, hanging in the wind, so to speak. Alan, towards the very end of the programme, in his last contribution, filmed contribution, he said, in one of the rare bits where he was using the personal pronoun rather than the third person, he said, I never knowingly took anything that didn't belong to me. Never. Except he did, didn't he? I mean, for example, he took money from Quinn Insurance and used it for gambling on shares in Anglo-Irish Bank, as one example. Uh, yes, the the the, the assets um, and the prudential assets of the insurance company were used in in a totally illegal way, uh, and he recognised that. He said uh, at one point that he shouldn't have done that with the assets of a regulated entity. Um, in a sense, in a real sense, those were assets that did not belong to him. They were assets of the company. Uh, that were there to underpin the, the the financial viability of the company. So they weren't his. And then what about the 
uh, hotels and office blocks and shopping centres across Eastern Europe and into India. Because, again, they were advertised as being part of the Quinn group. And yet it turns out that they were moved, to use the euphemism, beyond the reach of the receivers. Well, indeed, um, very shortly after the bank moved to, to, to put administrators into the group of companies, that process of moving assets beyond the bank's reach uh, began, uh, and he admitted that himself. Uh, and again, he admitted during the course of the programme that it was wrong to do that, uh, but that didn't seem to count with him at the time. Um, that process, as far as I know, still goes on. Uh, a settlement has been made with the family under which they have undertaken um, to produce 440 million euro for, for the receivers. Now, I don't know what's going on there. The details of that settlement uh, were never published, but that was the headline. Um, you, made a, is, you made a very strong statement as well towards the end of the documentary, suggesting you believe that there's money salted away to Switzerland and possibly India as well. That was part of what we of the kind of information that came out when in the bank we started following uh, the money trail, there was a suggestion, which we were never able to confirm, that uh, sacks of cash had been moved to Switzerland, um, assets had been acquired in India, uh, and there was no evidence of rent rolls being returned from them. Um, so... As far as I know at this point, and I've been out of it, as you know, since 2013, um, we still still haven't got to the bottom of that to find out what happened to all of those assets. Well, one final quote from him. He said, I think my legacy will be that I built up a great company, employed a lot of people in a very poor area. I was an honest man and that the area will be more successful because of Sean Quinn than it will be without him and that he got rough justice. Do you think he got rough justice? Because quite a lot of people took social media on watching this programme. And well, isn't bankruptcy a fine thing when you get to continue living in a 14,000 square foot house overlooking a lake? Well, I don't agree for a moment that he got rough justice. Um, As I say, we haven't got to the end, as far as I know, uh, of what was hidden from the assets that were taken out. Um, the first statement, the first part of his statement about his legacy, having built a successful business, is certainly true. But as I said during the course of the programme, the footnote to that legacy would be that he gambled it all away. Alan Jukes, former chairman of Irish Bank Resolution Corporation, thank you very much for being with us here on The Last Word of Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.